This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. You know, there's something about the feeling of a Friday afternoon. Kind of makes you almost, it makes everybody happy. Doesn't it? Most people who work five days a week, Monday through Friday, Friday afternoon, the end of the week, the weekend is here. It gives you good feelings. At least it always has for me. I used to be a worker uh, nine to five for my, my first, I don't know, nine, ten years, five days a week. And when the weekend came, Friday afternoon, I was pretty happy about it. So I assume that's why I don't do that anymore, but I still do enjoy the weekends. I'm Steve Peasley. This is Talk, and your calls make it all possible here in Talk. Whatever your financial or investing questions may be, whether you want clarification of a term or some kind of market process or whatever, anything financial, please give me a call. The lines are always open, 888-99-CHART. Now, I want to insert a quick reminder and message for all of the listeners in Northern California. I have scheduled another date for portfolio reviews in San Jose. And I've been mentioning that here. Uh, so, you know, we, I do this constantly. After been doing this for years and years and years, I'm pretty confident about being able to help people take a look at their portfolio, help fine-tune it. You know, I mean, it's going to be August 29th is when I'll be in San Jose. So if you want to sit down with me, now's the time to do it because it will fill up. It always does. Okay. And today, be sure to register for that no-cost portfolio view if it is what you want, okay? I hope to see you there in San Jose. That's August 29th again. If you're a regular listener on Best Talk, you likely know that I usually take time on Fridays to talk about some of the news and tips I pass along in the KPP Premium Newsletter. And there's lots of good stuff today. You know, the Josh Report came out today, which was pretty interesting. And, you know, I always give my take on current market conditions, a couple stock ideas, you know, how to manage your portfolios in there. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start off uh, with the questions. Here's a call that came in earlier on our anytime listening line number, 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys, this is Leo from Atlanta. I have a general question about how you guys value stocks. I hear you talk about things like price earnings and price to sales. But I don't think I've ever heard you talk about the book value of a stock. Could you tell me how you weight that when you're looking at a stock? Or if you do, since I generally don't hear you talk about it. Thanks. I'll be listening on podcast. Book value uh, is what a, stock, what a company is worth if you got rid of all, if you paid off all the liabilities and you figured out what the assets were left and divided by the number of shares. How much is the stock worth per share? Uh, how much is a company worth per share? That's book value. And Ben Graham, an intelligent investor, which is the, which is the, uh, I don't know, the godfather of value investing, started back way back in the 1930s. He always liked to buy things at book value or less. In other words, the stock. The company was worth more if you liquidated it than it was trading at at the time. Now, got to remember, it was in the 1930s and 40s that he wrote this book. So, 
And also try to remember back then, we were a manufacturing country where property and buildings all had value. Assets, you know, they, we built a lot more things. Today, it's a, we are a service economy and it's intellectual property. And that was, that's a much harder thing to evaluate to come up with book value. And that's one of the reasons we don't use it a lot. I do pay attention to it, but it doesn't guide any decision at this point unless it's an, at an extreme one way or another. So I don't think it's a particularly useful tool right now, book value, because of the type of economy and stocks that make up our stock market. Not too many you know, steel companies and not too many you know, car companies. You know, the, the, what we used to make, we don't make anymore. It's more intellectual, more service industry. Look at Amazon. What do they make? No, it's a service company. Apple, well, they make stuff. They make computers and and and, uh, and phones. So they make things, but it's really the intellectual property of Apple that's worth the money, right? So that's why book value. It's great. It's a good number. I can I have it available. I can tell you the number of times the shares are trading uh, um, um, book value, but I just don't know if it's as useful as it used to be. As you might know, every Friday I distribute the KPP Premium Newsletter, the KPP Financial Premium Newsletter. Here's some highlights. We talked, of course, this week's big number was the jobs report that came out this morning. And I'm going to go into more details of that as the show goes on. It's going to be one of my talking points. But we produced about, produced about 157,000 jobs, which was well below expectations, by the way. So was it a bad jobs report? Well, I went into that in the premium newsletter, and I'll go into it more deeply here as the show goes on. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that in the first section that the kind of the economy and is in, is almost perfect, the economy. The U.S. has had, we have high GDP growth, relatively speaking, low unemployment, very low, increasing salaries, but not too fast, not too much inflation. Kind of go to loss. Go to would be very happy with this. But there's always that but in it. When everything is looking too good, don't you feel like the other shoe is going to drop somewhere sometime? Always does. Always has. Just as a matter of when. And I can't tell you that. I also offer my perspective on the two poss uh, on two possibly strong stocks, one we own. Because uh, you always, I always give two stock ideas or ETF ideas, two of them every every Friday. The premium news comes out every Friday, and uh, also on the portfolio management section, you know, I suggested that you you have to decide what kind of investor you are. There's two very broad groups: value investing and growth investing. You don't have to be one or the other. You really don't. But most people are. Okay, so are you a value investor or a growth? You can be a combination of them, but then you have to, all I'm asking is you really have to understand what that is. What does that mean, being a growth investor versus a value investor? And am I really buying value stocks or am I think I'm buying value stocks? That kind of thing. I encourage you to subscribe to the newsletter if you can, if you wish. It's less than $10 a month. It comes out every Friday. You just go to investtalk.com. Now, what's our featured talking point today? Four factors that determine your financial success. 
You should know that financial planning can be very complicated because you have to balance all the information changes in your life. It doesn't have to be complicated, but it can be very complicated. We're going to talk about that today. Some of the other talking points I'm going to discuss, of course, is that jobs report. I'm going to take a little different look at it, dig deeper, a little deeper into the numbers. A rolling bear market. Morgan Stanley says we're in a rolling bear market. That I find very interesting, and I feel like that's a strong possibility. So what are the good and bad sectors? Rolling, what does it mean? Well, we'll talk about what that means. And what will retires, retirees do in the next economic recession and the bear market that goes with it? What will they do with their investments? What should they do? So those are things I want to talk about. Of course, you drive the show, not me, not my talking points. You do, You're with your questions. So please give us a call, 888-99-CHART. And just so you know, the market was up today. The Dow was up 136 points, the NASDAQ up 13, and the S&P up 9. Summer's not yet over, but boy, it's moving along pretty fast, isn't it? We're going to have back-to-school, back-to-work issues coming up on. You know, from your vacations and schooling. So why not take some time over the weekend to explore the investor resources at investtalk.com. I get into it. Lots of valuable information there. But now I invite you to call with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to a Friday Invest Talk. We've got to ask. Have you subscribed to the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play? Please do. Then listen, rate, and review. This helps us improve our Invest Talk programming. And now, Steve's here, and he's taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, four factors that determine your financial success. This is, these are broad things. And the first one is how long you, you work affects your retirement income. Working longer. Working longer. Past whatever you think you want to retire, maybe. Because what happens? One less year of spending. Right? Spending your retirement savings. You know, If you're still working, you don't need to spend it. So work longer. That would help. One more year of saving for your retirement also while you're working. And one more year of compounding retirement assets. So, so, you know, how long you work really affects things financially. Savings directly affects when you can retire. So the rate at which you, are, you save is something that you really have to consider. Most people do not save enough money. And the earlier you start, the better off you're going to be. So try to save as much as you can. Try to... You, Spend less. Spend less. And know how much you want to spend every time. Figure out how much a ballpark. It's not that hard. It's not rocket science, people. You can figure this out. How much you're going to spend in retirement on a monthly basis. How much you're spending now to figure that out and then say, okay, I'm spending X now. How Am I going to spend less or more when I retire? The idea is to spend less because your income is probably going to be less. So what are the expenses that might go away? The biggest one would be a mortgage. And that's why I always tell you, you want to pay off your mortgage before you retire. And then, think about how long you're going to live. 
you're going to live a lot longer than you think. Most people will. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that you know people in their 40s and 50s today may well live to be 100 or more with the advance of medicines and things. I can just see that happening. I really can. So think about those things, people. Everybody needs to think about it. Okay. 888-99-CHART. There's no reason to allow any of your financial investment questions to go unanswered. After today's program ends, and any time, night or day, you can call the Invest Talk listener line and submit your question. Here's a call that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. I'm a 66-year-old retiree building a portfolio of bonds, of ETFs uh, that hold preferreds and uh, REITs. And then I've got my stocks in there. But what I'm wondering about is I'm looking now at a preferred. It's Invesco's variable rate preferred ETF. Ticker is VRP. And it's kind of consolidating around $25, 24 8, 8 up to $25 bucks a share. And I'm kind of wondering what you think about it. It's the yield's a little over 4%, and that's what I'm looking for. And I'm wondering if, if you have any thoughts on it or on, on that particular type of ETF. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay, BRT Apartments Corporation, a REIT engaged in the ownership and operation of multifamily commercial and mixed-use properties. Okay, um, and it's been very steady in a range uh, as far as price between 5 and $11 for, for many, 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 many years. And the last few years, between last year it was 7 to 11 and today it's at 13 So it's on the high end of the expenses and that it pays a 6% dividend. It will continue to do so. If you're going to own it for the income, just ignore the price. Just enjoy the income. It should continue. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and heading into this break, I want to remind you that Invest Talk is heard live each weekday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, on radio, and also live on an internet stream through investtalk.com. So please tell your friends and family members to tune in. We welcome their questions and yours anytime. 888 99Chart. If there is ever a moment when you question how well your portfolio is doing or maybe should be doing, it might be smart to make time to look into the various investment strategy programs available to clients of KPP Financial. It's easy. Just click on the investment programs link at investtalk.com. And now we're taking your financial and investing questions live. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, uh, appreciate you taking the call. My name is Vicky. I'm from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, I was just wondering uh, what you thought about uh, Michael's companies. Uh, that is stock ticker M I K. Michael's M I K. Uh, I can see it being valued at uh, twenty three, twenty four dollars, and uh, right now I I think that it's at a, a good place to buy. Uh, that's just based off of uh, history PE, and uh, looks like it uh, had a bit of a sell-off after uh, its most recent earnings. 
however, they did announce a uh, $250 million company buyback. And so I think it's at a good spot. What do you guys think? Thank you. Bye. Well, we do too, actually, because we own this one in one, uh, one or two of our managed accounts, Michael's. Uh, it has a very strong support around $18.50. Uh, and it fell down there, and it looks like a really good buy. Today is at $20.24. Our value is more in the $30 range. We think it's worth about $30. It probably will have a hard time to give, getting above 28 which was a recent high at the beginning of the year. But Michael's, Michael's, you know, is the company that operates 1,238 Michael's store, 97 Aaron Brothers store, you know, the arts and craft stores are out there. Uh, it's a $3.6 billion company. Uh, they've very consistently made money. They're going to make $2.30 this year, and that's a 6% increase from last year. Then $2.45 next year, another 7% increase. And they were a little bit disappointed on the earnings. They were kind of flat this most recent quarter. Uh, before that, they were growing in the low single digits. But that's what this is. It's a value play. I mean, we're going to make $2.46, and it's a $20.24 stock. It's a $20 stock, and we're going to make $2.45. Okay, so that tells you that it's what? A, a PE of, of 9? That's pretty reasonable. Uh, I think, and the range is 8 to 21, so I think this is a good place, a good company, a good solid company, it doesn't pay a dividend, uh, a good solid company that pays a nice, uh, that uh, has a good value, good value, Michaels, M-I-K is a symbol, everybody. 888-99-CHART, okay, the jobs report, we produced in July 157,000 jobs, they expected it to be about 195, 200,000. So it was a little disappointing. But the unemployment rate fell down, fell to 3.9%. It's back to a multi-decade low. Okay, so what were some of the interesting parts about the, the report? Well, first of all, they revised the previous two months up almost 59,000 jobs, almost 60,000 jobs more in the previous two months. That's a lot. That's a big revision. Also, 37,000 jobs were in the manufacturing sector. And that's the fastest rate of growth in the manufacturing sector in 23 years. So all those manufacturing jobs are starting to trickle in, come back. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. 51K were in the professional services, 40,000 jobs, 51,000 jobs in professional services, 40,000 jobs in, in leisure. So the manufacturer's 37,000, it was third. But what was interesting about it, the manufacturing jobs, is that it's very strong in, in comparison to its history. Very strong. So we are getting manufacturing jobs coming back. Isn't that interesting? So I thought the jobs port was, you know, just okay. Uh, it indicates that inflation is not, you know, going to get too out of hand. Even all the other economic numbers this week kind of indicate that inflation is not going to get too out of hand. There was weakness in this week's economic statistics in the housing market. And that we've seen that in the last few weeks in the reports, right? And this week, new construction was down 1% when it was 
expected to be at three-tenths of one percent, and it was up the month before one and three-tenths percent, and it was down one full percent for the most recent month. So that's not, you know, that's kind of, and this three months in a row where the existing housing uh, has been uh, falling, these things tells us that there's problems, small problems, granted, small problems in the housing market. Now, here's an investment term you should know. F-A-A-M-G, FAME stocks. And refacing Goldman Sachs, uh, uh, you know, uh, Goldman Sachs for the top five performing tech stocks in the market. Namely, these are the FANG stocks. F-A-A-N-G. F-A-A-N-G. Um, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Google. Okay, uh, this is go you know, everybody should hear about those things because those five stocks have been driving the market. Okay, but maybe it should be FANG, F A A M G, because you maybe you should add Microsoft into that. Maybe not Netflix, though. Anyways, very interesting. I actually have this term in the Vestopedia, even though it's a relatively new term. And you, it's that Investopedia has a, a dictionary of all the terms. It's a great resource. Investopedia.com. 888-99-CHART. Monday on Vestock, the housing market is hot. Prices are up. Inventory is down. We'll be talking about the red flags. That's on Monday. We thank you for subscribing to our podcast. You can join our Talk insiders and gain access to our library of webinars like Seeing the Cycles, How to Recognize and Harness the Power of Market Cycles. Hidden in the continuous stream of numbers are cyclical occurrences, which help us anticipate both opportunity and risk. It's a free benefit for our InvestTalk listeners. Just click on the InvestTalk tab on InvestTalk.com. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Principal Steve Peasley has renewed his limited time offer of a free portfolio review conducted during in person appointments in San Jose. The date will be August 29th, but you must pre register and do it soon, please, at investtalk.com. Do you want to speak with Steve right now? He's here, and the lines are open 888 99 chart. Hi, this is Todd from Seattle. I listen on your podcast, and I'm wondering about uh, moving averages. My question is, what time frame of a chart do you generally look at when you're looking at an indicator like moving averages? Uh, I've noticed that when you look at a different length of a chart, say one year versus six months versus five days, that the technical indicators like moving averages look quite different. Um, so I'm wondering just what general time frame you guys use when you're looking at indicators like that. Thanks very much. Bye. We use, and the industry in general use, starts using, starts by looking at a one-year daily chart and the moving averages for the one-year daily chart. Okay, so uh, that's where you start. And we use a 20-day, 50-day. This is the common one that we always have up, but we adjust it when we feel like it. 20-day, 50-day, 100-day, and 200-day moving averages. Those four moving averages what we use. 
And we sometimes toggle back and forth from simple moving averages to exponential moving averages. And sometimes I toggle back and forth between the close of the day price for those moving averages or open, high, low, close, 4 divided by 4, open price, the high price, the low price, and the closing price divided by 4 of each day for the moving averages. It can get pretty detailed, but one-year chart, well, one-year daily chart, that's what we use. And I usually use candlestick chart versus a bar chart or a line chart. So, again, people, I, I, this doesn't even scratch the surface of the tech, uh, the uh, various technical studies you can put on a chart. It's, it's just hundreds of them, hundreds of different ways to look at it. But if you start with that one-year chart, that's what most people in my industry, in my profession, start with, and that's the most common one people react to, you know, the different moving averages in a one-year daily chart. Okay, good question. Appreciate that. 888-99 chart. Okay, so we talked about the jobs report. How about... Uh, how about Morgan Stanley saying that we are in a rolling bear market right now? Rolling bear market. He says, and he thinks it's going to hit the small cap stocks next. Why? Why did roll it in Morgan Stanley's debt? Because that, those small cap stocks, uh, the small cap growth stocks are the ones who have outperformed this year so far. So they're thinking that they're next as the underperformers. They had two they had two sectors they liked. And they were consumer discretionary and technology. But not the big tech, not the fang stocks, but technology. Those consumer discretionary technologies they felt were the next stocks that should do well. Well, not poorly. They felt the rest of the market they didn't have much of a positive spin on that so a rolling a rolling uh, uh, bear market means that certain sectors will go down okay a particular sector will go down at a correct 10 percent or more and then it'll recover and then another sector will go down and then another sector rolling on through the different sectors that's a rolling bear market and it would have to go down 20 percent that sector, not 10. Facebook went down 20%. Netflix went down 20%. But those were only two of the FANG stocks. So that made the overall FANG stocks go down about 9% from top to low, top to bottom here in recent week or two. So uh, that's not really a bear market, is it? That's just a correction. But that's what Morgan Stanley thinks. And I'm passing that along. Uh, do I think we're in a rolling bear market? I think that there are sectors that are weak and sectors are strong. I don't know if I would describe it as a as a very clear-cut rolling bear market. I, I don't know if I could describe that. It, it ha, I, I think the evidence is too weak still. But they're the smart people. They're, you know, they're the ones that are supposed to know. We'll see. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here behind the Invest Talk microphone doing the program four days a week. Tuesday through Friday. And as most of you know, Justin Klein hosts the Best Talk show on Mondays. 
So why does our firm, KPP Financial, produce this program? Why do I invest a good deal of my time on this show? Well, I, for one, greatly like doing it. It's one of my favorite things I like to do during the day. So I enjoy it. I enjoy what I do. And I enjoy answering questions. I think it's fun. It, you know, I, I think it's a challenge for everybody to learn more. And I think everybody can learn more. And they can be a better investor. They can do better. All they have to do is have some interest in it. That's all. And you could be better. And, of course, don't, don't misunderstand me. Hosting the Invest Talk Radio program provides KPP Financial with a very efficient platform to connect with clients and listeners and prospective clients. So we that you know it's our marketing effort, but we try to play that down and try to play up education as much as we can. The lines are open right now. I encourage you to call. Your financial questions, investing questions are very important to us. 888-99-CHART. For many people, summer must seem like it's sailing by faster than ever. You want to make time to look over your portfolio, to fine-tune your portfolio. But have you been able to make that time? For Southern California listeners, it's relatively easy to make an appointment with Steve or Justin in their Dana Point offices. But for Northern California listeners, unless you schedule a Skype connection or a conference call, meeting with Steve or Justin requires a greater effort. Unless they come to you. So good news. Steve Peasley has announced a second date for a free personalized portfolio review in San Jose. It's going to be on August 29th, and like earlier dates, registration will fill up quickly. So please go to investtalk.com, roll over the investment link, scroll down to portfolio review, then submit your information to begin the reservation process. Right now, we're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin and Steve. This is Sebastian. I'm calling from uh, Palm Beach. I wanted to know what your thoughts were on First Data, FDC. Um, just taking a look at the, the company, it seems to have good fundamentals. I'm looking for a, a growth uh, stock, and I think uh, this one might be it. I also work in the merchant processing uh, industry, and um, basically every single deal that I sign is mostly, uh, I would say, 90% of the time going uh, through first data and uh, same thing with all of my colleagues. Uh, so just uh, from a realist perspective and, you know, real world experience and then just looking at the multiples and their financials, they look like a stable company. And I wanted to know what your thoughts were on first data. Thank you. Okay. First data corporation. Uh, it is out of New York. Uh, it provides payment service solutions to clients in hundred countries and over 4,000 financial institutions. Okay, uh, it is a $22 billion company, so it's a big cap company. They make, uh, they're gonna make $1.46 a share this year, that's the estimate, after making $1.52 in 2017. So it's gonna go down 4%. And then rebound in 2019, 14% up uh, to $1.66. And it's a $23.94 stock. Okay, that tells you that the P.E. is around, uh, what, 15? Okay, well, what's the five-year range? Remember, you always compare the P.E. ratio of the company to itself and to its sector. Well, and the 15, 16 P.E. is, is pretty, pretty uh, long-term um, norm for, uh, for the, the entire market. 
this range with this company is 3 to 18. Three, I'm sorry, 3 to 16. So it's right near the top. So I don't think it's a good time to be buying it, actually. And it is a very solid company. It's a very good company. The most recent quarter sales fell 19%. And yet the stock did not fall. It continued up. It's right near its 52-week high. But I would not buy it here simply because it's right near its high on its P-E ratio. Very, very good return equity, 65%. That's huge. Huge. So, and management owned 6%, and mutual funds are net buyers in the last year. And they own 56% of the company. So, you know, it's got good fundamentals, but I think it's at its top. FDC, First Data Corporation. So, I don't know if I would chase it here. Don't chase performance. It, it went from 15 to 23 since May. And the 15 was a low of the year. 15 to 23 cents May. That is a huge return. What, 40%? So don't chase it. Don't chase the performance. Even though it's a really good company. Wait for it to come back. It'll come back down. Just don't can't, you know, just don't know when. But it will come back down. It will. Okay, what will retirees do in the next economic recession? And, of course, the bear market that goes with it. What will you do? Not just retirees, but you. What will you do? Are you going to stick with the market and just run through it? Now, as a retiree, that's much more difficult than a 40-year-old. Why? Because this is their nest egg. They're retired. They really can't afford to lose big chunks of this. They don't necessarily have the time to make it back up. They don't want to take the risk, the high risk it would take to make it back up if they're already in a high-risk position. There's very valid reasons for them to be concerned. So, what's the solution here? If you can't, in your mind, stick it out and just live through the bear market in the next recession, wait for it to come back. And don't assume it's going to come back like it did in the last recession within a year. The market came back within a year after being down 50%. 12 months later, it was back up to where it started. That's unusual. Doesn't really, doesn't rarely recover that fast. It's rare. But if, you, if, you, if you're going to do something about it to avoid it, you need to react to the market today. Not wait for this to happen, then react, it, react to it while it's happening. That's emotion driving you. So if you feel that you can't live through the next recession or bear market, Start to think about the risks that you're taking now. Start to migrate into less risky assets. You don't have to do anything wholesale because you don't ever want to do anything wholesale because that, that's you'll do the wrong thing at the wrong uh, the wrong thing at the very wrong time. <laughs> okay, so try to think about the you know, strategic uh, alignment of your portfolio. How can I get this portfolio to have a list risky profile. Well, value stocks versus growth stocks will do that. Then there's defensive stocks. Value stocks are not necessarily defensive stocks. They tend to be, but they're not. So there's also defensive positions you could take. You know, and if you're not sure what that might be, well, this is something that you have to learn. And it's very learnable. It is. So if you can't live through the next recession, 
and, and the bear market that comes with it, do something about it now. Start start doing something about it now. Don't wait. Our anytime this one line is 888-99-CHART. Is the investor's friend. It really is. Get your questions in. We'll get your answers to you. I promise. Here's a question that came in earlier. Hi, Steve. Justin, this is AJ from Danville, California. I got a quick question on market cap size. I know that's a big topic with Apple hitting a trillion. question is around an ADR. Let's just take Samsung or something like that, for example. So when I look at Samsung's market cap in like tools like TD Ameritrade or the tools that are showing the market cap for the ADR in the U.S., does that factor in the market cap in the home country's stock market as well? Also, out of curiosity, if it doesn't, then if you add up all the different indexes and different companies where the company's listed, would we have already hit a trillion-dollar company if we added all that up? I'm just curious how that works. Any thoughts on that would be appreciated. Thank you. Very good question. I never thought about that. But uh, how does an ADR work? That might help us answer that question. An ADR is American Depository Receipts. What it is is Samsung, a foreign company, would deposit a certain amount of shares with a large commercial bank here, Morgan Stanley, uh, Chase Manhattan. And Morgan Stanley, Chase Manhattan will then take those shares and they will conglomerate them into ADR shares that represent the shares they own, okay, of the company that they're sponsoring. And therefore, those ADRs, ADRs um, represent the market cap of only the shares that they're sponsoring. So I'm not 100% sure because I never looked into this, but the, if the way that they're structured, the ADR, they're not the whole company's shares. They're not. So I would think you'd have to add the, if you want to know the complete uh, market cap of the company, you'd have to add the ADR market cap to the market cap of the foreign company trading wherever it is to get the total market cap. I think that's how it works. But I don't know that for sure. I don't want to give you a wrong answer. Um, but it, that kind of makes sense to me. we have to look that up. Our Friday Invest Talk is quickly headed toward the finish line, everybody, but we still got about 10 minutes. So let's talk about the financial investing questions you want to talk about, you have in your mind. 888-99-CHART. Time to give me a call. On the next Invest Talk, the housing market is hot. Prices are up, inventory down, the market is active for now. But there are red flags that indicate the possibility of a real estate crash. That'll be Monday on Invest Talk. And now, Steve is here, he's ready, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Chase in New York. How you doing, Chase? Hey, good. How's it going, Steve? Uh, good, good. Thanks for the call. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask yes. you about uh, DQ, uh, ticker symbol DQ. Um, they produce uh, polysilicon products and solar cells for like the solar industry, and it's, um, it's a Chinese company. And I noticed it dropped like a lot after uh, they announced some like Chinese cutbacks and like just like tariff talk and things like that. 
Um, but it seems like they're still making pretty good money, so I just wanted to get your thought on if maybe it'd be like a value play or not. It actually is a value play. Uh, it, it, it is a value play. It is also a very small company, so you got, even though it's a value play, there's still a lot of risk in it. it this is a DQ, right. D, DQ New Energy Corp. Chinese manufacturer of polysilicone for use in photovoltaic products such as ignits, wafers, and cell modules. So it's an ADR, uh, American Depository Receipt. They're going to make uh, this, this earnings have been very erratic. Uh, in 2013, right. way back then, they lost $10 a share. And then 2017, they made $9 a share. But then this year, they're only going to make $5 a share. So, you know, erratic. But but they're a $35 stock, going to make $5 a share. So that's a, what, a 7 PE? So, right. and they're growing their sales, strong growth in sales. They're still, it's not weak. 23% in the most recent quarter. But the quarter before that, they grew sales 125%. So, uh, Chase, that's what you're dealing with, with the kind of erraticness of their right, sales. Right, earnings. right, right. But having said that, it's they low, have fallen low, from... It's a little float stock, so it tends to move pretty, you know, drastically. But, I mean, it just seemed yeah. like like they're making good money. I mean, and it, it seemed like even with the cutbacks with, like, the solar subsidies and things like that, I think they're just feeling some, like, pressure because of the, I don't know, trade talks and stuff. But I don't know what the deal is. But it seems like they're still making money. They're still... They have contracts with, com like, companies to, like, produce X amount of, like, solar cells and things like that. So I just thought it maybe maybe it, it maybe it's time to just take a bite or something, you know? I don't know. Yeah, this would be a good, this would be a good risk. If to, to good, this would be a good risk to take. But as long as you understand, uh, Chase, it is a risky stock. But I think it's a good risk at the current price of $30, $35.50. Now, that looks like support right at $35. Uh, you might want to wait for it to break above forty dollars before you jump in, because remember the most recent high was sixty-seven dollars. So it it, ha it can it can spike up pretty fast, just like it can spike down pretty fast. But I, I would want, I think I might be uh, I might be willing to wait a little time to see some strength come into it uh, to see if I can figure out a because it stopped right around thirty-eight. 50 twice and fell back down to 35 so i would like to see it get above that as a buy signal okay can you watch it that closely yeah yeah i've been watching it pretty closely yeah yeah uh, then i would wait for a 40 dollar price if it breaks up above 38.50 to 40 dollars i would pull the trigger there and hope that it goes back to the 50 to 70 range where it was before I really think it might. I think it has that possibility. I do, but it's going to be risky. It's going to be a roller coaster chase. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. I really do. Uh, okay, so we had the jobs report out today, everybody. The jobs report, and it was pretty good. Can't complain. And a strong component of that jobs was manufacturing jobs. And I told you at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the show that that was a, a twenty-plus year high in manufacturing jobs. The growth rate in manufacturing jobs. Now, after I gave you that good news, the bad news is I don't know if that's sustainable. Why do I say that? Well, one reason could be the tariffs, the tariff talk. Another reason is auto sales have peaked. 
and that's a big manufacturer of products here in the United States. Uh, so th we may have seen, you know, this short-term top in manufacturing jobs. We'll know that over the next few months, and I'm going to keep an eye on that because I find that interesting. And I'll, and I'll report it here on the show. I will. That's it for this Busy Friday MS Talk, everybody. If you want to replay any or all of today's program, just go to the podcast page on vestout.com. Justin, I truly appreciate your loyalty, and please spread the word and tell your friends about our Vest Talk. Uh, we, we stream live on the radio. We stream live on a, uh, our website, live radio out of San Francisco Bay Area. We do podcasts. So go to investtalk.com. Check it all out. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and have a great weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for listeners to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are principals of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, which retains all rights.